what you do in your day job helps you in your night job to where that night job, which is your dream, becomes your reality. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast. My name is Bree Noble, and we on this show talk about creating great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. We have a, someone on the show today that I'm really excited about because she's kind of a legend in the industry. And when I say the industry, I'm actually talking about independent artists and songwriters. She has been a champion promoting independent artists and helping songwriters for so many years. And I know that when you listen to this, you probably will recognize her name or at least some of the names that she mentions that she has worked with over the years. And having worked with so many independent artists, she's got some great advice for you guys. So be sure and tune in to the entire episode. And speaking of advice, I want to remind you to grab our 19 sources of income you probably haven't considered for your music business over at femusician.com. That's femmusician.com. That's our main site. You can always access the podcast there. You can access our free gift. And when you grab that free gift, you will be on our list so you can find out about workshops that we have. You can find out about all the new episodes we release. So go over there and grab your free guide at femusician.com. And now let me preface this interview with some information about Tony Koch. Tony Koch is an award-winning street team coordinator from Phoenix, Arizona, who was awarded Indie Promoter of the Year in 1985 and a platinum record for Club Music Promoter in 1986 for Columbia Records artist The Hooters for their song And We Danced. A champion behind the scenes for many major label and indie artists over the last 30 years, Tony Koch has built a solid reputation and successful career hired by Tower Records, Evening Star Productions, Clear Channel Entertainment, and in radio as the executive assistant to the president and general manager for KABC KLOS Radio in Los Angeles, California. Currently, Tony produces quality artist showcase events and seasonal house concerts for touring songwriters. She has been invited to be a faculty member for the next Australian Songwriters Conference, ASC 2016, her fourth time. Yes, she's lived a passion-filled music life. Here is my interview with Tony Koch. So that's a little bit about Tony Koch. So Tony, is there anything that's not in your bio that's maybe a little more personal that you'd like to share with our listeners? <laughs> well, sure. There's a lot in that bio that I may not have included. Um, some of the things I've done over the years uh, is to help others. And some of the things I'm proud of is the community events that I do uh, as a, you know, volunteer or uh, like the L.A. Women uh, Women's Music Festival in 2007. That was a great event that got women out there. It was uh, produced by five other women and I was included in them with them. 
Uh, that's something I, I've been proud of. I didn't really put in the bio. Um, also being music director for the Method Fest Film Festival, thanks to Mr. Derek Horn. He's a short film programmer. He's done a lot for artists and for me, introducing me to some of the indie artists here in the Valley that uh, I wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. And also uh, my family. Um, my family has always been supportive of me and my dear friends. And when I would get awards, uh, as few and far between as some of them are, they would always just say, we knew you could do it. And I think some of the things you can't put in a bio are the feelings that people give you, like being the person who sang at my high school graduation, two songs with my guitar. And uh, as I was singing them, I could see my life in front of me. And in a way, it's those moments of quiet inspiration that you don't put in a bio, but they're the ones that keep you strong. And one other one I'll mention is when my, my little artist studio burned down in 1996, November 17th. Uh, I was down making a phone call to a friend and I saw some smoke coming from where I lived. And sure enough, uh, somehow my little artist studio caught on fire and everything I owned burned. Oh, it's terrible. It, it was, but in my, in my spiritual life, I feel that that was uh, my uh, burning bush. And mm. um, it made me get out of the house and work harder at Tower Records. And I en ended up being introduced to a lady named Marsha Reynolds, who is not in my bio because she's not music related, but if it wasn't for Marsha Reynolds, who is uh, the first coach of the International Coaches Federation back in 1998, I think, maybe even earlier, I wouldn't be here. She taught me how to step out of my head and leap into life. And so if I could write a bio full of what has been in my life, I would want to include those, those instances. That's cool. I'm glad you mentioned that because I do like to ask about mentors and it's Great to know that you had a mentor that wasn't necessarily in music, but it was about improving yourself and learning how to, like you said, jump out of your comfort zone. Well, as a matter of fact, that's her fourth book, uh, The Discomfort Zone. And ah. it's how leaders, uh, I don't know the tagline, but it's about how leaders learn to uh, go through difficult conversations uh, to grow. And um, Every step in my life, whether it's been a car accident that's jolted me into reality or my house burning down or uh, relationships I thought that were going to last for a long time, whether business or personal, uh, yes, you have mentors. And I have other mentors like Joanne and John Brahini, who were like family to me when I first moved to L.A. from Phoenix. You know, in, in Phoenix, I was very comfortable. I had been uh, with Zia Records and then Tower Records and did a lot of music for friends, helped promote uh, the smaller clubs like Nita's Hideaway and Mason Jar. And through all of that experience, you know, you meet a lot of people. And so I'd name some other mentors as Bob Conrad from uh, Columbia Records, Brad Singer from Zia Records, Mary Passarella, who's now and still is with uh, marketing departments, and she's with Live Nation in Phoenix. And I could go on. My friends, Nada Brooks, Rusty Foley, uh, the people in the arts, the people that started Tempe Music Arts Fair, um, Bob Corator, who I mentioned before. These are all people who inspired me to continue doing what I do. And here in L.A., uh, I would say that um, people like Cheryl Dickerson, who works hard for the California Copyright Conference, which is professionals uh, in the business, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, and a bunch of us publishers, promoters, producers, 
who are fighting to get the money earned for the singer-songwriters that we're not getting from Spotify and some of these other places. And so uh, I also have mentors who, who have nothing to do with music or the arts, but are just really good people. And that's my parents, my mom and dad. They are perhaps my strongest mentors. And my cousins, uh, my cousin Jackie, who's my godmother, uh, she, when my parents would tell me to get a job, she, she'd call me up and say, now, honey, you've got to follow your, your heart and you, you got to also make a living. But she would always find a way, <laughs> always find a way to make me realize that my passion was what was going to make me successful. And as a female entrepreneur, we have other people like Pat Lynch of Women's Radio and some of the other, you know, people that were way ahead of Women of Substance that that now that I I see what you're doing, I feel, hey, I'd like to know who's Bree has for mm. mentors because I just want to send you some props that uh, going at your website and going on to hear the music and I especially love that you're putting the the people who make the hits with those who are trying to make hits and mixing it up. So, you know, I could go on and mention a few other people. Uh, Merle Berganti, who's in Austin, Texas. He's, he's a mentor. Jimmy Yamagishi from the Songnet. We don't always agree, but he's there for us and for me. And, you know, if you have more time, I'll give you a lot more. Rob Case, <laughs> Rob Case who helped me with Pitch a Song, Judy and Steve Scott. So if I leave anybody out, uh, Lisa J. Butler from Australian Songwriters Conference, who's asked me back for the fourth time. She's also a coach, and like Marsha Reynolds, they don't talk too much to me. They ask me one question. What is it that you really want to do? And so as I have become a consultant and am coaching a lot of artists now without, you know, formalization, that's what I say to them. What do you really want to do? Do you want to make a record? Do you want to just please your ego? Do you want to change the world? Or do you want to make a lot of money? And in my big vision, I think you can have it all. So if you really know what you want to do, and I also advise them to write it on paper, uh, make a plan, put it, put it down in steps so that you're not overwhelmed. And I also like to tell them, build a team. Because I have a team of people who have supported me like John Iger of Arizona Songwriters for over 30 years. That man has always been there uh, in some manner in my life. And while you may not see your mentor often, when you do, you just know that you're on the right path. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's just such a good point that you need to build people around you because you can't go this alone. It's too hard. I mean, there's just, there's too many like bumps in the road and too many roadblocks and all that to, to go it on your own. Well, I also feel that if you really are on the planet, uh, you need to be around people. And part of the learning process is how to get along. And um, I'm not very, very good sometimes in personal relationships. I've had a few, but these last, last, you know, 20 years, I've been mainly focused on my path of music and the arts and building teams is something that I think makes for progress. I'm a very political person without being an activist. I think we need to lead by example. And I would really like to see there be a team building in our government because uh, mm. we are living in such a 
dysfunctional state of being. And that's why I like music, because there's some people out there that I know that are writing music that takes you away from all that chaos and brings you into a beauty, into a peacefulness. Artists like Shannon Hurley, artists like Fabian Grizel, Joni Blinman, uh, Rachel Sage. Um, I could think of a whole bunch more. Um, Marina V. Oops, I've had pretty much all these on Women of Substance. Well, you're naming good people. Uh, you're in good people. And uh, there's also some that you may not know. Do you know Leanne Savage from Tucson, Arizona? I do not. See, that's where I come in. One, right. one of the good things about working and being social, and I'm glad they call it social media, is because we can now connect with people without having to be there, just like you and I today. Uh, you, I want to thank for being so organized, for sending me step by step so that I wasn't, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And if we, it's like, it's like if I book a show, I want the artist to feel comfortable. I want them to know that they're appreciated. And even if the client doesn't have funding or big cash for people, and here in LA, that's, that's one of the things we don't like. It's very much pay to play. Mm -hmm. But I try to give back in other ways. And you can give back by booking people of uh, similar ideas and kindred spirits. So then they start to expand. And this is the era to expand. Uh, the planets are shifting. Global is doing a whole lot of stuff with weather. And the musicians, if you'll notice, everything's, everything goes. Everything's okay. Uh, there's so many genres I've lost track. And with women's music, um, I'm really pleased at how we're, we're starting to really take over the award shows. I mean, you've got Adele. And uh, can I mention Adele? And uh -huh. you've also got Adele. So right. um, I just feel that you and I have a great opportunity here uh, in this little 45 minutes that we're going to chat to inspire some people to go ahead and get out that pen, get out that guitar or that keyboard or your chopsticks and just do something, whether it's just writing some lyrics, whether it's putting a melody down uh, to people like Tony Koch and Bree Noble and the rest of us out here, we will help connect it. And I think that's why I love uh, conferences and why I like workshops and why I don't just keep myself in one aspect. Uh, after we do this interview, I'll be getting ready to go to a wonderful holiday party with Colonel Daryl Harrelson and his wife, Jill, where f three or four of my artists will be performing. Pat Mason, Pat Nason, sorry, N-A-S-O-N. -S uh, he's a gentleman who's a good old-fashioned American boy. Uh, the Sly Diggs, they're four guys out of Orange County. And uh, Tab C. And Tab C is a rapper as well as hip-hop artist. And I did have a, I did ask a female artist, uh, TCH, Teresa Crespo Hartendorp, but at the last minute, her tour schedule got booked so she couldn't be there. And this is how LA is. If you know how to connect with a person like me, who is more of a connector than a roadside manager, you can find people to help you. I had an artist from Australia, Ani Kiko, A-N-I-K-I-K-O, uh, she was referred to me by a lady out of Nashville who was Australian, Zelda Sheldon. And uh, Ani Kiko has been out here several times, and she's really doing great. And she's starting to build a fan base. You know, Brie, you're a musician. 
you know how hard it is to build a fan base. And if you don't, you know, I'm a guerrilla marketer, one of the one of the first. I feel if you don't go and meet the people, if you just sit in your little high tower and tell everybody how good you are, but nobody knows who you are, nothing's going to happen. So Women of Substance Radio is one of those great outlets. Uh, and I went over your website. I just think it's fantastic how you have it set up. You offer people a chance to submit. You offer them a chance to consult. And you, you just offer them a lot. And the same with those of us who are independent uh, uh, consultants or marketers or whatever the heck we are at the moment. And um, the artist has got to sit still and, and try to listen to those of us who have been in the business a long time, who have had the hard knocks and the bruises to show for it. And if we tell you that you need to work harder on a certain area, it's best if you say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be able to work with you for the next three months while I go work on that. Mm. And I think I would much rather hear somebody say, Tony, I'm not ready to work with you yet. than for somebody to call me up and say, yeah, I'm all excited for working with you. And then 30 days later, they say, I just can't afford it. And it's not that they can't afford me. It's that they're impatient to succeed. And Bree, I think, you know, if anybody does that, it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, no, not at all. And many sleepless nights, right? Mm-hmm. So my advice, uh, as I've gotten from many of my friends over the years, is to, number one, harness your horses. And by that, it, it means really focus on what you do best. And for the last 10, 10 years, I've been in L.A., and I had to learn over this last 10 years that I was too scattered. And I was trying to be all things to too many people. and by 2006 and 2007, I was burned out. So I shifted gears. And in 2008 and 2009, I started Pitch a Song. And that was in response to conferences that pick your, your music out of random boxes and you pray to God you'll get heard. <laughs> so my, my focus is to make a one-on-one -on -one contact, a one-on-one, -on -one, not just with me. You don't have to work with me, but if you do work with me, I will introduce you to the people that will support you. I think artists like Haley Loren, do you have Haley on your station? I do. All right. She is a very dear one that I met years ago when I was helping Songs Alive. And her mom and I still communicate. And she sent me uh, her latest CD as a gift, which, you know, that, that just thrills me to be remembered. And Haley's up for some pretty big things. And, you know, I, I knew her when she was... 18, 19 years old and had that dream. The same with Katie Garibaldi. You know, Katie Garibaldi was 17, 18 years old when I met her. And I think she got nominated for a Grammy. I think, uh, I, I, I'm sure you, you may know, uh, Annette Conlon of net radio mm -hmm. and, uh, Annette, Annette, hello. And you've never interviewed me, Annette. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> but Annette, of net radio has really done a lot in the LA scene to bring uh, gigs for women to come and, uh, and learn from. And she just got some really good recognition for her very first album. It took her, wow. it took her 10 years. There's women like Marion call up in, you know, Alaska and Washington area that just, when she came down to LA, uh, just people went crazy for her. 
I don't know what's happened to her in the last few years, kind of dropped off my grid because I do a lot of work with different people. And if you don't keep up with me, then I can't always keep up with you. But Marion Call and uh, uh, Raina Wren, do you know Raina? I don't know. Well, after this interview, you and I can always, you know, toss out some more names to each other. But I could go on. There are so many talented artists, female leads that know what they're doing. Um, and one of the one of the real uh, mentors I forgot to mention was Renata, Shred Mistress Renata, who was uh, mm -hmm. with Femuse. And even though um, my ears hurt after her concert, it's so loud, but it's great. And she, you know, chicks with picks. Uh, what's the other ones? I mean, there's so many. Um, Madeline Sklar is going to shoot me if I don't mention Madeline and go girls. Of course. But, you know, Brie, there is so much that we could do if we all teamed up together. And that's that's part of my mission, too, is to extend a hand to those coming to L.A. or Phoenix or wherever, because I'm pretty blessed with knowing people all over the world and helping you. But in order to do that, the artist also has to respect that there's protocol and that uh, sometimes it's not always that big payday when you need it. You've got to have a plan. And that's what I get back to every time I talk to some young person. Uh, just make sure you've got a plan. And if you do, then you go step by step. And pretty soon you're walking down that road pretty comfortably. Now, in what way do you work with artists right now? Do you work with them as a coach or are you just doing the, the pitch a song or? Well, it depends on what they need. Uh, right now, I've had three artists contact me who want me to review their music through pitch a song. And so I'm really thinking about reviving pitch a song, which is actually a series of events where I get a music supervisor or two, a couple of producers, a filmmaker, and maybe some people in the industry who are placement pros. And we make a panel. I find a place to have uh, an event, and for three months, uh, artists are able to send me three songs, uh, up to three songs, one to three songs, and then I have a team of pros that listen with me, uh, like Jimmy Yamagishi and Judy Lampu and uh, just different people. Um, and uh, then we pick the top 15 or 20, and uh, instead of being like Taxi, where it's random, Everybody who's applied, and they do pay a small fee, it's like $10 for one song, three for 25. It may go up depending on where we have to, what we have to pay for, for our, our bills. But for the most part, I like to keep it available so people can figure it out. And uh, then we pick, a, we pick the top 20. Anybody who has sent in is allowed to attend and to participate. And the last few that we've had, we've had at least uh, five or seven of the artists be placed right on the spot with something that the panel liked. And then after the, sh after the event is over, people then are able to meet with those professionals, give them a card. Uh, we do not, we, we try not to have you hand the people your CD at that place at that moment because we want it to be about interaction, making that connection introducing yourself and then asking, which means you're being, you're, you're asking for, you know, to be solicited and uh, they give you permission then. And then you set it up through a, however the professional wants it. And again, Coco O'Connor was a young artist out of Santa Fe. 
she came all the way from Santa Fe for one of our pitches songs, and she got placed by Eric Mofford, who's a film producer and uh, other things here in in LA. And she ended up doing the music for a Marianne Williamson DVD, wow. and that was right there off the spot. Wow. So, um, again, Alan Roy Scott, who's going to be the head of faculty at uh, Australian Songwriters Conference uh, in June in Australia, he's the head of the faculty. Uh, other members will be Diana Tarosian and and some other guys like Sean Rudd and David Rowley, who are international publishers and producers. So my world is not just in L.A. Part of why I have to go back and forth to Phoenix in L.A. is because there's a network. And because of Skype or FaceTime and other avenues, we can, we can communicate with each other without having to be there. And one of the things I really like about music is it can change the world. Uh, Joni Mitchell changed my life. Carol King changed my life. Uh, one of the biggest events... I'll, I'll never forget is when I was working for Evening Star Productions and Mary Passarella comes up and says, hey, Tony, I want to introduce you to somebody. And I was in my dirty little jeans because I'm a street team coordinator and my hands had flyers in them and I'd been working outside and I did not look the best. And guess who she introduced me to? Who? My idol, Bonnie Raitt. Oh, wow. And, you know, I've met Tina Turner, Prince. Pat Benatar, Berlin. I mean, the list goes on that my life has been blessed by what you do for, in your day job helps you in your night job to where that night job, which is your dream, becomes your reality. And, mm. and I keep telling these artists that if you don't have people that, that back you and you may have to pay them. You know, you can't keep expecting people to do it for free or because they're your fan or because you send out an email every four weeks. I personally am about to cut out receiving emails from indie artists that I never see who have never really connected with me because I've got over 80,000 emails in my inbox. And I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I would much rather reach, reach them through Facebook, through a message, uh, LinkedIn. Um, other social media, SoundCloud. I adore SoundCloud. You know, I like it better than Reverb Nation. I can't figure out Reverb Nation. <laughs> so, you know, Bree, you and I probably have a lot we could chat about to help the artists. And, and that's really what I'd like to do is just whether it's coaching one on one, pitch a song where I listen to their music, uh, g give them guidance um, or their performances, whatever. I also refer them to people like Stephen Memel or Elizabeth Howard or uh, uh, to, to organizations to belong to. Like a lot of the women out here belong to LA Women in Music, one of the best organizations for women around. There's also West Coast songwriters. They're not catering to women, but they really, really have a strong group of women in that organization. Uh, the Songnet is more online, but uh, Jimmy works hard to really give that beginner to LA a comfortable feeling. And some of the places where I would suggest to these artists to check out if they do come to L.A. and if they're if they want to, they can connect with me and, you know, uh, I could help guide them or we could set up something to where I help book them. Uh, like the Urban Homestead. The Urban Homestead is a place out in Pasadena that um, I have been to a few times. And when Carrie Garside came from Australia last year, 
we we were lucky to get her on there and she played four songs and it's a big it's a big hootenanny and the same with Kulak's Woodshed. Kulak's is on Monday nights. You get one song. It's an open mic. I'm not wild about open mics, mainly because, you know, I'm a promoter. I'd rather have a real show. But open mics are good for helping, helping people know what to do, how to learn protocol, how to sound good, and, and just, you know, be in a community. I think you, you know by now that what I really believe in is being in a coalition or being in a community of like-minded people, leaving your ego at the door. To me, ego is edging God out or edging mm. goodness out because, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm famous for this. Trust me, I've got an ego that I have to really talk to myself a lot about leaving it at the door because when you're in a group with people, everybody has something to offer. And some of us may feel we know better, but the the things that are weak in this world usually end up teaching the strong. And it's that one songwriter that you accidentally meet that happens to be her first time at an open mic or his first time, and you can see promise. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, places like Kulak's are really good for that because... Um, uh, Jimmy now has a two for night where they can come in and do two songs, get it videotaped. It'll run them $30 instead of 40 because it's $20 if they tape on a Monday night. And then you've got a little bit of something to put up on YouTube because the name of the game nowadays is how's your presence? Um, how are you presenting yourself to the public for you, for people to want to buy your music? How are you making new revenue streams? Are you with ASCAP? Are you with BMI? Have you sold enough in your time to now belong to CSAC? So this can all be overwhelming for that person who just put foot in New York or L.A. or Atlanta uh, or even Seattle. Um, I think Seattle, I don't know how they're doing these days, but Seattle was a great, great area when we, I was touring with an artist. I took an artist uh, around for about five years to the East Coast uh, and the West Coast and in a little bit into uh, Austin and Texas, uh, New Mexico, that area. And the joy that people in these smaller towns who do not have the club scene that we do or house concerts, you know, you ask, what all do I do? Well, I have a network of house concerts now that are outside the big network because. Oh, I, okay. I didn't know that. I need to connect with you on that <laughs> one. Cause I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of house concerts. I push my artists to do house concerts as much as possible. I am all, I am all in favor of it. And I love concerts, uh, in the home.com, Russ and Julie, all of the people that have been just warriors of change for that. But, but sadly, a lot of times people have to call on me because I'm the go-to girl for miracles. That's how I feel. Um, if you've got to wait two years for a house concert, you're not, you may not wait two years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so yes, when we get off this, this phone or whatever the heck we're on, um, <laughs> we will, I will gladly give you some tips. Perfect. So I wanted to ask you, you know, in that time period when you were a concert promoter, did you, did you learn anything during that time that you think that could be helpful for artists as far as like learning how to and also all your guerrilla marketing experience. I mean, the best ways to promote shows, the best ways to get booked for shows. I would, I would, lo- I would love to share that with you because 
I feel I was taught by the best. His name is Danny Zalisco, Z-E-L-I-S-K-O. His uh, website is Danny Zalisco Presents. And what he taught me and that I still use today, along with social media and the new ways of being, is for, for you to really write songs not about so much you, but taking it further and writing about what you would do for others. And as you promote, that's how we promote. We take it from the artist and we promote it the way they would want us to promote it, not the way I think it should be done. Um, one of the things I really still believe in are uh, handouts. Flyers, I, I've let go of flyers because uh, it's paper and I'm a conservationist, but download cards now. I definitely tell my artists, uh, like the Sly Digs right now, they're, they've got their CD just about ready. And I tell them, let's make some download cards. And instead of me walking around with a business card that may or may not be responded to, let me hand out your download card with all your information on it. And then let's give them something so that they get a taste of what you're doing. I also think they need to really, uh, there's a website called ontheradio.net. And uh Sometimes you have to pay. I don't think you have to just to look on the site, but that's where I tell my artists that if they don't want to hire me, then they could go to that site and find out where their genre radio stations are on their tour line and plot out not only just booking a gig, but also some radio possibilities. You can't really expect people to buy your music if they don't know who you are and you're lost on iTunes. You can... You can get into CD Baby. You can get into TuneCore. You can join all those little online uh, hookups that they now have for us. But you really need to, number one, create a really good website or Facebook page or something that you can use to draw people to you. I call it your vortex. Mm, I like that term. I, I always say platform, but vortex is Let's better. go vortex on this, okay? <laughs> and as you build your vortex... You, we are all just little spiraling energies anyway. Um, you want to put your satellites. What are your satellites? What is your genre? Are you better at pop? Are you better at house concerts? Are you better at uh, doing the club scene, which ends up being pay to play and you may walk out with 50 bucks? In, or would you rather do a tour of smaller venues with a couple of house concerts sprinkled in where you make up for those places that don't pay? I also think uh, campuses, if you can find a nice venue around a campus and then either take flyers around or ask if you could post some posters somewhere, or I'm also for purchasing advertising. You know, there's some, there's some uh, good papers like yeah. New Times or uh, other indie LA Weekly that if you pay some money, maybe you'd have to pay 60 bucks, 120 bucks, but if you get 200 people there out of $120 expense, you're going to make your money back and some. So with guerrilla marketing, it was more about hand-to-hand -hand people, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. There's a great book on it, Bob Baker wrote. Bob Baker has a great book. Oh, there's like three different like incarnations of that book now, right? Uh, well, it, it, I, I, probably because I think he just wrote something new recently and Bobby Borg just wrote something new recently. So again, 
we could sit and I could give you a list of, of books. The one that I still promote the most or the one that I have bought four copies of because I've given away three is uh, John Brahini's The Craft and Business mm-hmm, Songwriting. Mm-hmm. I have that one on my shelf. Well, do you have the third edition? I don't. No, I don't. Okay. The third edition has all the new stuff that happened. And then sadly, a couple of years ago, John passed away. So that book has all the changes. It started in with what we can now do with digital. And one of the things I really tell, tell my artists is don't go making 5,000 CDs anymore. If you make 100, that's good. And those 100, instead of trying to sell 100, why don't you promote them to radio or promote them to TV stations or churches, wherever you feel that you might be able to advance your fan base or to get an interview or to get a little bit of a name going. I've got an artist out of Denver, uh, actually Boulder, uh, Lynn Patrick, and I hadn't talked to her in quite a few years because she went, her father, I think, was very ill, and so we kind of disconnected. And we recently reconnected, and it, it was on a day when I just happened to look at her CD and say, wow, I wonder what Lynn's doing. And Lynn Patrick is instrumental. She doesn't have words. So I don't know if you would put that on Women of Substance, but if, if you would, I'll send you her link. But she got placement with some, with some nice things that was helping her out. And um, I told her that we need to promote her by finding people that want to write about her. And that takes time, especially if you know an artist is new and you've only got one or two CDs out. Most press people, you know, they think you're brand new. Another thing I tell artists is if you can't get press and if you're self-producing, find yourself a producer that has cred, that has credit. Mm -hmm. Um, For some of the Americana women, I'd suggest Marty Rifkin, uh, Otto D out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, Barry Keenan here in LA, and Colonel Daryl Harrelson, who's throwing the party tonight. These are guys that will work with the artist. They are not going to charge you $5,000 a track like a lot of the big names do out here. And then it's really their engineer that does it. So again, that's where I help an artist. We, if we have a consultation, I will first say to them, what do you want to do? What is your budget? What are your plans? What have you done to prepare? Because a lot of artists think that once they get the CD done, it's going to take its own wings. It's a- uh, yeah, I've, yes, I've had this conversation many times with people and, and I certainly thought that in my first band as well. And what was the name of your first band? Oh, we were called Not Martha. We were <laughs> in Orange County. Oh, okay. Did you know uh, Don't Call Us Tori? I've heard of them. That was uh, actually an event that keyboardist Shannon Hurley started with uh, Steve Levitt, a, a young producer who's still good friends with me and who actually let me put some songs on tracks. And uh, they really brought me to what what to do uh, in, in making shows here in L.A. work. Um, they're no longer doing those shows because Shannon uh, got married and now she's in uh, doing her own thing. And then with her husband, they're called Lovers and Poets. But Oh, yeah, I've seen their stuff. But I, uh, Joni Blinman is trying to get a songwriter circle going. That's an artist I really think you would like, Brie. Joni Blinman and Kristen Blinman, or KP. We have a lot of talented women out here um, that are starting to make their mark. And I'm really, really happy to do this interview because I want to be able to tell them, go listen to this station. 
get yourselves on here. You know, uh, I've got an artist named Catherine McNeil out of Vancouver who sent me uh, about five, five to eight songs, and I'm going to listen to them. I listened to them already. And I feel that she's got a quality that if we could tweak a few things, she'd be ready for Women of Substance Radio. But I also tell them that if you're not going to have product that is professional, mastered, mixed, and with the names of the songs, <laughs> and, yes. and you know what I'm talking about, yes. presentation matters. Oh, yeah. And I was going to ask you, like, how do you decide whether you're going to work with someone? You listen to their stuff and like you said, it's not professionally produced, but you hear talent there. You know, where do you go from there? Or what if you listen to something and go, this person will never have a music career. They're not talented enough. How do you how do you handle that? Well, that has happened a couple of times. And the hard part is telling the person, well, this is what I usually say. And if anybody's out there listening, and I've said this to you, I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really feel that your talent is in uh, creating of the song, but your performance is not strong enough. Why don't we find somebody that might be able to cover your song? Why don't we find a collaborator that might help you with your performance? What I do is I try to get them to work with someone. I tell them that I may not be the right person to take them further at this time. And what I would suggest would be for them to attend some workshops. Uh, there's some great master classes that are coming up. Um, I feel that, you know, like with Pitch a Song, I love to do one-on-one Pitch a Song consultations because I really do listen to the person. And then I actually give them names of people that can help them. And there's some great producers out here that are also vocal coaches like Jan Linder Coda. Uh, Jan Linder is uh she does a lot of the indie conferences but she works with the artists that may not have that power and she she helps them to at least do what they love but realize that they may not get to that grammy nomination right and i i don't think that there's anything wrong with a songwriter not being able to perform their own songs too i mean they could be super talented as a songwriter and just not have the vocal talent. And there's totally nothing wrong with that. They just need to find either a vocalist that's up and coming that would sing their songs perfectly, or they need to make demos. Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm not wild about demos uh, as much as I used to be because I think, um, but then again, I usually work with the artist that's a a step beyond the new artist. Uh, I have a platinum record in promotion from from the late 80s and so i was always more interested in those that already knew what they were doing and it wasn't until i came out to la in 2003 that my heart just went for the indie artist and we had diy conferences in indie music conferences uh and some others but i didn't really find you know they brought the indie artists together but like you're saying truth needs to be spoken and when I go to some of these bigger conferences and nothing against them, I'm, I think everything, everybody's got a purpose, but like taxi road rally, um, I've, I had an artist go to it and, and, she, and uh, he mentioned to me that he was in three different uh, classes with three different songwriter coaches who are, who all have fame and who have sold quite a few records about 20 years ago. And they each gave different advice. And I said to him, and after the 
conference, he said, you know, Tony, I really wish you'd have been there so I could have talked to you about this. And I said, well, I'm here now, and here's what I'll tell you. What do you feel? If, if you've got three different ways to go, you've got to listen to your inner voice. Again, it goes back to you making your own vortex, your own safety zone. And when you go to that still place and really dig down deep, if you're a songwriter, if you're any kind of musical or artistic person, you want it to come from your core. And if you think that your lyrics are important, then you write strong lyrics. Just because so-and-so said lyrics don't matter, I disagree. I feel melody matters, but some people don't care. They play simple songs. So you have to do what comes to you. And if you go to a person like Stephen Memel, who not only knows music, but he's an acting person, and he's got quite a repertoire of uh, background and cred, and he may have a whole different way of, of having you perform because he's different from Elizabeth Howard. Elizabeth Howard is another vocal coach. And actually, her website's vocalpower.com. And she is more international. She works more with opera people or Broadway people. But she also has pop stars. She's the coach for Sting. When Sting comes to L.A., he goes to Elizabeth Howard. So between Stephen Memel and Liz Howard, you've got a couple of choices. Same with songwriters. You can attend classes with Harriet Shock or Stephen McClintock or Alan Roy Scott or, or Robin Frederick or any of these great people that can help you. Uh, they can critique your music. But the bottom line is, if it's not authentic, and this is what I'll teach in Australia uh, at the ASC 2016, that if you're not being authentic, the public will know it. The reason that uh, Janis Joplin and a lot of those other artists of that era were overnight sensations, even though it took them 10 years, was because their music came from their heart. When you hear Stevie Nicks, you still get goosebumps, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's true about the people like Janis Joplin, because before that, during that time period, there was a lot of people that were just like, produced, you know, like the groups were put together and they were all about the record labels and Phil Spector and all that, you know, and then these people come along that are just completely authentic. And I think that's what we're heading back into. You know, yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people that like one direction. I call it no direction. And <laughs> I, I, I have a seventh grade daughter, so well, she likes them, but she's not crazy about them or anything. Well, I, I think there's, there's music for everybody. And, and actually I'm really into, um, jazz and soul. And, um, I, I, I need to mention this also. There's a songwriting contest that's being run by women. Are you, are you aware of Gina411.org? I am not. Bree, I need to get you into some of this. I guess so, yes. Um, uh, Gina411.org is run by Janelle Rapp. And Janelle had a sister who was a performer out in Lincoln, Nebraska, I think, or Nebraska somewhere. Left a gig and was never heard from. And so after losing her sister, they've never heard from her since. She started a missing organization. Oh, okay. Uh, Gina, I do. I am familiar with Gina because they worked with LA women in music on those. They would raise money for missing children. Is that right? Yes. And, okay. and I've worked with, with her for many years through Cosmo coalition. And also when I was with songs alive and, and, uh, 
the talent tree presents or whatever. And yes, so Gina 411 is some something that these songwriters can also tap into because it's a it's a national network. And again, same with house concerts. If you don't know somebody in Santa Fe, Tony Cope might know somebody or she might know somebody who knows somebody. If you want to go to Austin and South by Southwest is just a bunch of major labels that have bought up the whole the whole town, <laughs> then I would tell you to get involved with Go Girls and the uh, unofficial Go Girls, Invasion of the Go Girls and, and perform in Austin that way. If you're if you've got some CDs under your belt, I might introduce you to one of my major label friends who's no longer a major label label person uh, like Merle Berganti. Merle's wife, Sarah Pierce, uh, her, her band was Sarah Pierce and the Healers. They go around the country and she's very popular without really being on major radio. Yep. I play lots of Sarah Pierce. Great. Good to hear that. <laughs> Great. So, um, well, I worked with Merle. We, we worked with Shayla many years ago and now Shayla's daughter, Misha Rips, is a pretty up-and-coming bass player out in Las Vegas uh, with uh, Cash. Oh, I forget the last name. But anyway, um, we, we could go on and on with names of people that I know and I've helped and I care about. And that's what makes my life so blessed because each day is different. And again, whether it's Pitch a Song or we do a fashion show with Macy's through Talent Tree Presents or I'm helping another organization to get promoted or get more uh, exposure. My life is blessed by the other people, like the artist. If we didn't have good music, uh, and, and speaking of good music, I want to send you a Christmas track uh, from a girl named Jennifer Bone. It's called Cha 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 Christmas. And it's you know, it's more Espanoli in flavor, but it's it's in English. But it's it's fun, and uh, I haven't heard it on any other holiday music station. I've sent it out to a few people, and I just think people need to really stop for a moment and listen. And whether you're a music supervisor or you're um, a producer in the office, don't forget that the roots of music starts in somebody's bedroom, back porch or in a car. And if we would get back to the basics and center ourselves, and instead of trying to reach outward, we look inward and we write lyrics that are positive. We write not about how he did me wrong, but how strong we were after he did me wrong. And if we come from a place of the heart, one of my favorite, favorite artists is Jana Pocock. I don't know if you know Jana. I do. I adore her. I met her through Songs Alive. She was our Austin uh, uh, coordinator for some time as I was just about to exit the organization. And we, we have become better friends when she came out to L.A. And she has a, a thing called Money and Heart. And her music really comes from that place that if you're doing it only for the money, you're missing the heart. And when I hear artists complain that they're not making this and they're not making that, but yet their family has given to them, their friends are constantly supporting their, their shows, I feel like saying, get back to your vortex. You've stepped out of bounds and you're in outer space. I agree, because my point with two artists all the time is 
money and heart. You've got a lot of heart, but you need to start actually trying to make money or you're not going to be able to keep doing this. Well, exactly. And you know, yes, but it, but your focus has to be on reality. And I try, I try to get them to understand that money manifests where love is. If you are struggling, the reason you're struggling is because you're not focusing on the right consciousness. You're, you have to make money, but you have to have the product of quality to make that money. I have friends that have given me their CDs. I've had five CDs from one artist alone. And I could, I had to finally tell her, you know, I'd rather you not make a new CD. Why don't you work on these five songs, really get them good and make one EP that would sell. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, No, I absolutely agree. And I tell artists flat out, don't make another CD until First of all, you've got one that's super quality, like you said, mm-hmm. and then that you've spent your time and money instead of pouring it into more and more CDs thinking, no, oh, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the one. Focus that time and money on building your vortex, as you'd Exactly. Say. And in your vortex, you want to know what region of the country is your stronghold. And remember, no prophet is too popular in their homeland. So like if you are living in LA and you're not getting anywhere because everybody else is living in LA, go down to San Diego and start doing Lestats or start going to Tucson, take a six, seven hour drive to Tucson and do a couple of gigs in smaller places until you start getting a following. And then I definitely wish people would hire. You don't have to hire a famous manager or an agent, but at least hire somebody to help you get press and promo. Because if somebody has worked 20 years in press, bookings, and promotion, they pretty much know what's happening. And if you don't, you know, if you want to make a contract, that's the best way to do it, is to make your contract for three to six months. What I do is, uh, when, I, when I do it, is a small contract that I call an artist agreement. Tony Koch and artist so-and-so agree to work uh, for a minimum of three months with a review after six months to see if we should renew for a year. And I make it, again, you take steps because it takes time for any promoter or any placement person to pitch your music. Uh, Peter Kimmel is having a birthday today. He's one one of the licensing guys that I know, and he's done this for many years. And a lot of people send them his music, and, and he gets frustrated because after three months, they go, well, you haven't done anything for me. Well, it's not him. If if there isn't a movie that wants specifically what you have, you're not going to get it. And you, it's all about consistency, courage, and calm. Mm. You know, consistency, courage, and calm. And I'm one of the most hyper people on the planet. Ask my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Consistency, courage, courage, and and calm. Okay, I'm repeating that. Consistency, courage, and calm. I'm teaming up with my friend Michelle Murata. And the reason I haven't really mentioned this too much to anybody is her and I are going to preview it uh, in 2016. But we're going to start bringing songwriters together to collaborate with lyricists and maybe some poets to come to a couple of workshops that we might have for how to get your book out there. And we're going to call it Writers on the Storm. <laughs> and we have the website. We have writersonthestorm.com. We have the domain. 
but because of Christmas and all that, and I'll be at Arizona Songwriters with Joanne Verhini next month, we'll probably preview it in, in spring. And it'll just be either one-on-one meetings with lyricists or songwriters. And I will, I, Michelle and I will probably team people up or we'll host sporadic workshops. I don't like doing everything, you know, um, every week. I think that if you do things when it's special, people can then afford it. Uh, like there are a lot of organizations that do workshops and I see the same faces at every workshop, but no new faces. Mm-hmm. So, and this is not just in LA, this is, it's just a, it's a symptom. But now that we have uh, a FaceTime and uh Ustream and all these technology things, we can start to do things uh, in real time. Uh, like at the Australian songwriters conference, uh, Lisa Butler and I had a chat. And I thought, you know, why don't we do some Skype sessions for the people that can't attend? Maybe they could pay a small fee to get in with one of the pros and, you know, have us have a session through Skype or FaceTime. And I have a lot of I have a lot of artists out in Australia that I connect with or that I've helped over the years, like Martina Locke. She's out of Perth. A lot of the artists from Songs Alive were originally from Australia. And uh, Roxanne Kylie and her husband, Stephen, they run a great organization down there. And that's what got me to Australia in the first place. I did a workshop with uh, publisher Robert Case. He's with New Pants and Old Pants Publishing out of uh, Colorado. And uh, he flew me out there as his assistant. And it was the greatest gift I could have ever had. Uh, You talk about bucket list. Not Mm -hmm. Not only did I get to go to Australia, but because Roxanne couldn't make the the ASC 2008, I was put in as a substitute, got to meet Lisa Butler, and she had me back 2009, 2010. She had to take five years off to organize and regroup. We're now doing it in 2016, June 10th through the 13th. And the nice thing about the ASC is that she offers a payment plan. If, if you can afford to spend money traveling on tour, Maybe you don't tour and come to a conference across the waters and break out into Australia, into their market. And if you don't feel like breaking out this, you know, this go round, she has a website that people can go to and check it out. But we help them get their visa and we tell them the process. And uh, we go out to Edelong Beach, which is about 90 minutes from Sydney. Gorgeous area. And we're in a resort. It's more homey. It's, It's just like, it's just like being in an old country home. Mm. And then we have top faculty members that come to teach, uh, hit songwriters. Uh, I know that there's been a few people approached, and Lisa will make an announcement very shortly about the main guest speaker. And, and once she names that guest speaker, it's going to be pretty awesome. And again, I feel anything is possible to those who know who they are and those who do not rely on anybody else, but know that they have to ask for help. And there's a difference. Uh, Asking for help is not like relying on people. If you come to me and you say, Tony, I would love to have a consultation with you, but I can't afford $120 for a two-hour session. I would then say, well, what what can you afford? And the reason I say that isn't because I don't want to earn $120. It's because I would rather nurture Nurture that artist to know that it's not always about money. 
there again, it's money and heart. And if they say, well, I could probably give you 25 now and 25 later, how about 50 bucks? I'd probably talk to them for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can get more in an hour from Tony Koch than a lot of people can give you in a three hour workshop. Right. And I'm just bragging a little bit because just a I'm little. 62 and I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, there's been so much that we've talked about. Before we conclude this, I just wanted to ask you real quick, because I know you're real big on networking and the importance of that. And you did mention the Australian Songwriters Conference. Are there any other conferences that you would highly recommend that people attend in 2016? Well, I do think and I'm not saying this just because I belong to them, but I love the ASCAP Expo. Yeah, I was going to ask about that one. It's always been the top of, it's the top of my a lot list. of people's lists. Yeah. And the reason it is, is because it is, you know, $400 or whatever. But if you contact them, again, I think people can find a way to get there. And um, that's one that I really, really believe in, mainly because the mentors and the the panels are very current. And then along the sidelines, if you don't really want to sit inside a classroom, there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one. and it's just a camaraderie. I just, I just love the vibe. There's also, this is smaller though. It's called the West coast songwriters. It's in mid September, late September. And it's more for those that really want to get out in the woods and have a great session with some people like Wendy Waldman, uh, to write songs and to go to their, their classes. That's a good one. It's not big. It's, it's smaller. Toronto had a good one at one time. I don't know if it's still going on. You, you kind of caught me on this one. Uh, <laughs> there's a place, there's a jazz festival. It's a conference, not the winter. The, if you're a DJ or you write pop, I think you should go to the winter, uh, conference in Florida. That's for, uh, pop, uh, electronica, those kind of artists. But there's one for jazz people in um, uh, New Orleans. I think they're still holding it. It's a jazz conference, and the name of it escapes me right now. But for the most part, depending on where you're located, Arizona Songwriters has a very nice, friendly one that's free. Uh, January the 23rd is the date, and I'll be missing NAM for that. I think NAM is something mm. good for people to attend. Uh, yeah, I've been to NAM a couple National times. National Association of Music Merchandisers. It's huge, but I know the I know Tim Moyer and then my friend Kat Ellis with her own radio show, Chords and Vines. We got to get you and Kat together. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, music and wine, I'm all about that. Well, Kat Ellis was another mentor I should have mentioned. Well, matter of fact, I got two bottles of wine for the party tonight. But her and Joe Mullinex have really helped Temecula Valley, uh, along with Tim Moyer and a bunch of other people, to make a cohesive community. And again, in Santa Barbara and the Paso Robles area, you've got Stephen J. Key who books people up through there. He's just wonderful. He's never let me down. He's always found a way for my touring artists to sing three or four songs. And again, these kids have got to know, or these older people, I don't mean to be condescending, but <laughs> these younger artists need to know that if we're giving you a venue and we're, we're getting you on stage and getting you such and such uh, opportunity, you may not be paid the first couple of times. You have to earn it. But if you go up the coast into uh, Portland and Seattle, there are a few clubs that if you do do a couple of house concerts and get 20 to 25 people coming out to your shows or 50 if you're lucky and if you're smart, 
hire somebody like me to maybe find some radio or press or or an in-store. You know, there are still record stores around. And you were asking me what I would suggest to these artists. If you're going to be your own boss and you want to do everything yourself, you're going to be pretty tired. But if you are willing to make a realistic budget, if you're going to budget $6,000 to make a CD, budget another $2,000 to promote it for about six months to a year afterwards. Pay somebody. Give them 500 bucks here. Give them 500 bucks there and say, hey, Tony, I'll give you this if you can help me with that. And you got three months to do it. This is where I'm going to be. And this is what I call visioning. Marsha Reynolds, getting back to my first mentor, my real kick-of-the-pants mentor, she told me that I need to visualize what I want and start making a little montage of it on my wall until it starts to manifest in real life. And and again, it's about getting back to that vortex of, of centering yourself and not taking on too much and not worrying about what anybody else thinks, especially your friends, because friends will always tell you what you want to hear. The real artist, in order to grow, you need to get out of that cocoon. You need to step into that discomfort zone because the greatest artists on this planet are the ones that have been wounded. And even though Amy Winehouse didn't last too long, I still get lumps in my throat when I hear her music. And if you can find a way to harness those horses, to gather up all that energy that's within that you want to share, and when you write your lyrics, have a bunch of notebooks, write down one line at a time, and then go back and pull that line out and it'll match up with another line in another journal. But just consciously find time to center. I meditate every morning I wake up. The first thing I do is I say, thank you, God, for the blessings you provide for me every day of my life. I listen, I either read something spiritual or I'll listen to a positive affirmation tape, or I'll just sit in silence and meditate with my eyes closed and have gentle incense going. But if you envision a beautiful day, nine times out of 10, you'll have one. And even with that bump in the road, there'll be some angel standing by to help you up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed talking with you and I Yeah, that's a great way to end this because it's very inspirational and it's also very directive because I think that's important that we start our day that way. I'm a big believer in that and, you know, getting up early and and focusing and and having a a plan. Yes. You know, and and starting off that plan with a way to center yourself is is really important. And it's not it's not just woo woo like it really helps. It's not just woo woo and and real men know how to do woo woo. Uh, the, the, the bottom line is we are women of substance. We are the leaders. If it wasn't for a woman, no man would be here. That's true. That is so true. Thank you. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Because you've given them about a million reasons to get in touch with you. So how can they do that? Well, I prefer that they, uh, message me through Facebook, first of all, and just ask me if I have time to discuss with them or if they can send me music. And if they get with me through my Facebook page, which is Tony.Coke1 on Facebook, or TK Promo is my page, or pitch a song at gmail.com is my email, 
again, they must first email or message me to get permission for me to make some time to talk with them. I don't mind talking for 10 or 15 minutes uh, to just get an idea of what they're in for and if I even feel like working with them or if they feel like working with me. And if it does look like it's a good fit, then we could either set up an online uh, Skype or FaceTime or uh, go to meeting or one of those. Or if you're in LA or in Phoenix, when I'm in Phoenix, I'll meet you at a restaurant or we can sit and have a one-on-one personal. I do charge for my time um, if if I feel that it's going to be an intensive meeting. If it's just something to chat for a moment and uh, get to know each other and see if we want to do it, then no. I, I'm, I think you can tell that I'm pretty fair. But I do want people to respect the fact that not just Tony Koch, but a lot of people give of their time and their expertise. And it took us 30, 40, 50 years to get where we are. And if we tell you that we do wish to be paid, it would be nice to be respected for that. And if at the time you can't afford it, just be honest and say it. And nine out of 10 of my friends who helped me with Pitch a Song or any of my other events, if you can't afford it for the first time, generally we'll give you we'll give you a few we'll give you 20 minutes just to talk and tell you how you can afford it for next time mm. i also like people to text me or they can uh uh call me on my cell 602-300-9626 if i'm busy leave me a message with your callback number who you are what state where you're from so i know what time zone you're in and uh a good time to call you back so if we're just courteous with each other, and, and again, my fees are not that expensive. I charge $50 for an initial consultation, which is up to 120 minutes. If you just want to find out if I'm even in your, in your, in your area of what you want to do, I'll give you the first 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, just for love. But if we, we continue talking or we set up a real meeting, then I would at least charge that amount. If it's for something more involved, then you know, like me doing performance stuff or bookings or other things, then it's a per per project fee that we both agree on. But no, that's extremely generous. I mean, this, we're talking about somebody that's being asked to come to Australia to speak. So, well, yes, and I am generous because look, every day I get blessed. I, I just want to give back. I feel if more people lived with the thought of what we give back, because everything is given to us from the moment we're born. If you have good parents, and most of us have had good parents, not everybody has. And for those people, I, I, my heart goes out to you. But I feel if more of us would live more centered in the spiritual life instead of the physical world and appreciate the physical world, it would all connect and I'm telling you, Brie, when you and I meet, we're going to feel like we've known each other forever. It's, it's, For it's sure. just one of those things. Okay. Absolutely. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you for all of this that you shared with our audience and you guys take her up on this. I mean, if you, but don't, don't just, you know, don't just contact her if you're not ready. Yeah, I, like, Cause I do have, be watch. ready. I do have a watch. And if you're coming up on 18 minutes and you start to say goodbye, I might say, Hey, wait a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't want it to be, I want it to be open. And I know a lot of these women artists out there and I've helped a lot of those women artists and a lot of them have never gotten a bill from me or an invoice, but I have to be 
recognize, like you're saying, for my expertise and my talent, but I do it out of love. And if we all do it out of love, it'll all work out because there's always a way to negotiate. Right. Thank you, Bree. I really appreciated this. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.